Creativity is key to 21st century family living. It offers us comfort in difficult times. It allows us freedom of expression, and it's an essential skill that's becoming increasingly in demand in modern day workplaces. So how do you nurture creativity in yourself and your children, especially when everyone is just so busy? The secret is to place value on creativity rather than thinking of it as a frivolous luxury and to see it as a powerful way of healing, connecting us with family and friends and giving us a sense of identity. So says my guest today, the hugely inspirational Susie Pearl, a mum and wellbeing coach and author who has written a book called The Art of Creativity. Susie has done everything from art therapy with mental health patients to running a successful PR agency, working with celebrities like Madonna, Michael Jackson and George Michael. All of us, if we're a human being, have some sort of fears and blocks to doing certain things in life. You know, and I've coached people for 15 years. It's incredible the kind of fears and blocks that come up and it's very different. And yet there is a common aspect to them. Love every day. Take every day as a special gift. Don't let it speed by. Really notice it, observe it and, and cherish it because it soon goes. You've got to plan some time for you. It's really essential because the more that you are in balance, uh, the more that your children will feel better and thank you for it. And also it's a good role model for kids. They, They shouldn't be seeing parents who are frazzled and don't have time for themselves. Welcome back to Brummy Mummies. My name is Zoe Chamberlain. I'm a journalist, author and mum. I launched Brummy Mummies as a community for families to help people to connect both online and in person. My goal is to share with you stories from the most inspiring mums and dads to help you find out how they juggle family life and everything that comes with that. Today, I talk to Susie as she shares the creative habits she's picked up from watching successful people. How she was sadly diagnosed with a brain tumour and was given just six weeks to live and made an incredible recovery. We also talk about the power of positive thinking and how every single person has creativity inside them. So hi Susie, it is so lovely to talk to you again. Thank you for joining us on the Brummy Mummies podcast. Oh hi Zoe, lovely to chat to you always. I love your new book, The Art of Creativity. It's full of so many practical uh, ideas for people to bring more creativity into your into their lives. Um, why do you think creativity is so important in the 21st century, perhaps more than ever before? Yeah, well, it is. And unfortunately, you know, it's not something we we really value so highly. But when you look back in ancient times, creativity and and Express it's really about expressing ourselves in different ways. Um, it's been done since really humankind began, and we look into caves and ancient Egypt, and it's full of hieroglyphics and pictures on the walls and things. So creativity is one of the oldest forms of express, expression. And I think now, the, I think we we all know that this world is you know it's a, it's a pressurized place. So creativity is a great place to let off steam connect with your inner spirit and help it guide you into some joy. And it's joy that we all need, you know, in in life these days. It certainly is. So you said that you recognise patterns and habits maintained by the celebrities that you worked with in the past. Could you give me a few examples of who you worked with and, and what they did? 
Yeah. Well, I, I, in my career, I was working at MTV and I got to work with some amazing artists of our times like Madonna and George Michael and David Bowie and people like this and hung out with them a lot because we'd be recording shows and recording events and things so we got to hang out a lot and I began to notice you know these are exceptionally talented performers and artists and songwriters and I began to notice there were similarities um first of all with the levels of success that these people were enjoying it wasn't an obvious um connection then into being really happy and content with life in many cases it was the opposite the more successful people became the less discontent they were it could be that they didn't have the um balancing factors of family around and a calm life they were always jetting off and traveling and you know it was it's difficult to be a very high profile name because you get followed and photographed and watched and everyone talks to you in a different way. So I noticed that that is a very difficult, being a celebrity is a difficult thing and causes a lot of um, unrest in life, if you like. Um, So I noticed there were particular and peculiar habits and routines that celebrities had in order to stay sane and stay on top. So I, I was interested to have a look at that. So I know you mentioned that Madonna in particular had a really um, structured routine and yeah. she was very organized uh, and very organized for the people around her. Can you can you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, very driven, very focused, really knows what she wants and says it the way it is, very direct. She would plan her day, you know, in in segments of half hours um and and have very tight planning um you know and and people looking after her. There was a big team looking after her and people looking after her diary. And it was all, it was very well organized, very tight and a uh, little room really for flexibility in, in many ways. But to get things done at that level requires high levels of organization and focus and planning ahead as well. You know, these people's diaries, they know what they're doing in or you know, but when in, in, in regular times, they would know what they were doing three years ahead, you know, tours were booked uh, stadiums were booked, so it was pretty. You know, the, the diary was pretty structured anyway, so it didn't it didn't leave a lot of room for that sort of. Well, oh, let's just do this. Oh no, let's just do that. Although, of course, there was a lot of that going on as well behind the scenes. But it's very difficult to flex your diary when it's very tightly packed. So that's really interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes you think of creativity as being a free spirit and just kind of mm. going with the flow. But actually, that's one of the points that really comes out in your book is that you have to make it a habit and to mm. kind of make it part of your routine. I know you said that George Michael was the same, uh, making sure that everything was perfect all the time. Yeah, I mean, most of we were doing, for example, the MTV Awards, we'd give artists half an hour, an hour to do their rehearsal. Um, for people like George Michael, it'd be three or four times as long as that because they kept going on and rehearsing over and over and over again until it was absolutely perfect. And they wouldn't leave before that was done. So there's a great deal of commitment. There's a great deal of passion and focus and uh, perfectionism, you know, in many ways. Um, And also working with the best people. You know, they would hire the very best people in all areas. I was handling publicity and PR and I'd be working with the best stylist, the best makeup artist, wardrobe, staging, lighting, uh, 
sound tech, all of these things. So you'd be working with amazing teams, which meant that if you wanted to change something halfway through, there was always someone there who could pick up and run off and do that thing. So it, it, in some ways it allowed, it, it was quite fixed. In other ways, it was flexible and very creative. And I, I segmented my book, The Art of Creativity, into seven habits of people who I felt were really highly successful in whatever terms you, you like to, to think about in what success is. But there are some regular habits that really work. And I, I wrote them in a way that's very simple and very easy to grasp and that you can do every day yourself. Um, and they will really change your life, these habits. So what are the the seven habits? Without going into too much detail, what 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 are those kind of habits that people well, can find out more about? Yeah, I mentioned a couple of them. And then, you know, you have a look at the book and, and I really deep dive into the, all of these habits. Um, I open up talking about um, fears and blocks. All of us, if we're a human being, have some sort of fears and blocks to doing certain things in life, you know, and I've coached people for 15 years. It's incredible the kind of fears and blocks that come up and it's very different. And yet there is a common aspect to them. You know, some of us fear success. Some of us fear failure, um, being made to look bad, not, not looking good or fear of criticizing, being criticized and all of these sorts of things. So the first thing is to really dig in and acknowledge what blocks you from going forwards in the direction you want to go. Many people say to me, oh, I'd love to write a book, but I just haven't got around to it and maybe I haven't got anything interesting to say. So it's these kind of things that we need, need to identify that are stopping us doing some fun things. And then there are techniques and tools to be able to dissolve those fears and blocks, which will allow you to go on happily on your merry way. Yes. And then another um thing that I really recommend is meditation. It's one of those things that's very natural. It's free to do. You sit down, close your eyes and you find your inner peace. And a lot of people go, oh, I haven't got time for that. Well, you know what? Make time because it's incredibly powerful. It makes you calmer, less anxious, gives you good ideas, connects you to your inner spirit and connects you to this really strong potential that you have inside yourself. And it allows you to open up and and see things differently um, and give you a different perspective. It's a fantastic thing to do. And it's one of the greatest things that, that I know I've ever learned. What would you say to people who say, I, I just don't have time to be creative? Well, part of that is planning your time. Um, and that's part of having a great life and really enjoying your life. And that's what, what I coach people about is how to have a happy life that you love. Um, it's about getting things in balance. I mean, I've got kids and all it's like, you you know, you're trying to manage a home and school ones and, and feeding and cooking and keeping the house organized, doing homework, all of these things. You've got to plan some time for you. It's really essential because the more that you are in balance, uh, the more that your children will feel better and thank you for it. And also it's a good role model for kids. They, they shouldn't be seeing parents who are frazzled and don't have time for themselves. It doesn't send out the right messages. So we've really got to create some time. So this thing of, I haven't got time, I would say we'll make some. That might sound harsh, but 
you know, we've just got to do it somehow. Organize things, ask for some help, lean on some other people, family, friends, whatever, to give give you a hand so that you can get some time off. Um, it's very important that we've got time to breathe and to nourish yourselves, do some nice self-care things. It might be a walk without the chattering of, of the children. It might be... Um, having a massage or going for a swim or going out in nature walking or something like this. It's really, really important, more important than ever before that we take time for ourselves. So how do you do that? You have to book it in your diary, like you would in a, a, um, an appointment to go to the dentist or something. You'd put it in your diary. We'll put some time in your diary to do your self-care things. Yes, and, and prioritise it the way that you would a dentist appointment. Exactly. Yeah, you would not show up to a certain appointment. So make sure you show up to the appointment you make for yourself. And do you think it's really important for parents to nurture their children's creativity? Ooh. Do you think this is perhaps not always the case in school? I think it's the schools are really bad about nurturing creativity. And they, a lot of the people who come to me and we talk about creativity, they say, oh, well, when I was school at school, I was told I was no good at this. I was no good at writing. I was no good at art. I was told I was no good at writing. And here I am, published author with loads of books under my name. So it, I think you can, parents can definitely give children a space at home to be creative and say, you know, we have nap time, we have lunch time, we have sleep time, we'll make creative time, you know, put some time, go, okay, guys, we're going to get out on the kitchen table now, some coloring books and paper and just start making things or follow great people like um, Laura Brand. She's got a fantastic, um, yeah, stream on, you know, how to be creative with kids. Russell Brand's wife. Yeah. yeah. And go and collect some pine cones and then paint them and all of this sort of thing. It's fantastic. And what it does is really connect kids into, uh, takes them away from screens. Um, we're not talking about, you know, doing more computer games. We're talking about actually making things and being creative and enjoying reading, writing, drawing, music, and making things. It's very, very important for a healthy development of a child. And in this day of technology everywhere and screens and phones it's so easy to give kids you know something to play with on the screen it's really more important than ever to have some proper craft and arts time at home it'll make the kids feel happy it connects the family it really does them good it helps their neurology develop in in very powerful ways it's fantastic and hopefully something that might stay with them through later life yeah yeah. And creativity really helps the spirit and it helps you work out who you are and what you want to do. And through, I, I worked in an art therapy department in the hospital when I was 17. It was one of my first jobs. And I had to work with people who had mental health issues. And we used art to really break through and get them to express themselves in ways they hadn't been able to before. Um, it's used a lot in the prison community to help um, people who've uh, been uh had you know difficult times really break out of that and and find a new way of doing things so it's incredibly healing activity um way more than most of us realize so we just think oh we're doing some painting oh we're doing some crafts it's healing it's powerful and it also helps people connect with each other particularly kiddies you know when they're making things together they love it they laugh they connect and they really bond it's so nice 
Can it be um, useful for teenagers as well, do you think? And and what kind of creative habits might you suggest for them? Because I guess they're not going to be really into colouring books and things like that. Well, I think for teenagers, it's wonderful to journal, um, keep a diary. Journaling means getting a, a plain pad or lined pad, empty notebook that you keep precisely just for this thing. And you just write down what's going on. And it, it really helps teenagers to get clear about what may be troubling them or things they need to resolve or make sense of things that are going on in their world. And, and as teenagers, they're hitting a lot of new things through puberty. They're, they're having to deal with all sorts of new things that they perhaps hadn't had to consider before. Journaling, writing down a diary will really help them. That's a great idea. Do you think everybody has creativity inside them? I do. I think it's a great question. And I absolutely 100%, if you're a human being, you have creativity in you. It might have been knocked out in your early years through school or, or parenting or whatever, but we are all creative and we all should start working on that side of our, our lives. We should nourish ourselves, eat really well, sleep well, make friends, have some social time, and most importantly, have some creative time. That's all part of good planning in life. Now, your first book, um, Instructions on Happiness and Success, was really inspirational. I absolutely loved it and bought it for all my friends. Oh. So tell me a bit more about that. And, yeah. and that talks about kind of the law of attraction and how we can harness it. I know it's a big topic, but could you just kind of share a little bit of how that works? I love that book. For me, it's one of the it's the best book I've written and it's a powerful book. I think everyone should read it because it gives you I, I was digging into the secrets of how life works uh, for many years. And I wrote down everything I knew about ancient wisdom meets modern science, how the mind, how you can use your mind power for good. And I write in detail about how to manifest things, how to create things and how to really modify our thinking. And once we modify the way we think about things, we change the outcome that happens in the world. Because if you imagine thoughts are magnetic, for example, they are. If you think about that, if you're thinking and talking about good things all the time, you're going to attract that into your life. If you're constantly, I went to get a coffee this morning, there's a woman in the coffee bar going, oh, you know, I can't fly here, I can't do this. And she was moaning for about 10 minutes. I had to switch off and walk out because I didn't want to hear all this negative stuff that she was talking about. It was going to set mm -hmm. me up for a bad day. She had no idea, clearly. If, if I'd sat down and explained to her, look, the way you're viewing the world, you're going to have a really miserable filter on everything and it's going to change your life badly. Whereas if we think more positively, talk more positively and deal with people in, in you know, th there are many ways you, you can look up at the sky and see blue, or you can look down on the street and see dirt and, and rubbish. It depends on how you view things. You can view the same scene and, and have a completely different take on it. This book, Instructions for Happiness, which you can download um, on my website, um, it's uh, as a digital version. It's a book that takes you through energy, vibration and frequency and how to run your brain to have a fantastic life. And I have just received thousands of letters from readers saying, oh my gosh, this has really changed my life, this book. And I wish it was around when I was doing all my work um, 10 or 15 years ago, because that would have been a quick route into finding out 
the things that I was interested in, um, you know, how how thoughts work, the power of emotion and all of these sorts of things. So I think, yeah, it's, it was it's a very successful book and, and I'm glad that people love it the way that they do. Now, um, obviously, I think sometimes there can be criticism saying, oh, you know, we can't um, just imagine that life will be perfect and it will. And you've kind of had firsthand really of this haven't you um, yeah. I was so sad to hear when you were diagnosed with a brain tumor mm. can you tell me about kind of the symptoms that led up to that and how you felt when you got that diagnosis and how you use some of your perhaps your own practices to try yeah. to heal and help yourself yeah well the, the 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 nutshell of the story is that I was diagnosed with a brain tumor and given six weeks to live and told to write my will say goodbye and prepare to leave. And um, I knew when I was told this, that that wasn't going to be my storyline. I knew from the bottom of my heart, deeply intuitively, that I was going to get through this and come out the other side. So um, I was in hospital, I went to Adam Brooks in Cambridge, they were fantastic. I'd started to lose my memory and forget, I couldn't remember where I'd parked my car. I couldn't remember, I was beginning to act oddly, apparently, according to the people around me. And they, they, took me off to hospital against my will, made me have a, a test and a scan. And, and this was found. And it was very big and very bad and likely to, to cause my early demise. Um, so I started on all the techniques that I know. I used hypnosis, Reiki, um, the power of positive, positive visualization, talking a good story. I wouldn't let anyone be around my bed in the hospital talking about bad news or the, how awful it was, whatever it was I had. And I wouldn't allow that. I was talking about what I do when I left hospital. And I kept imagining being back in my beautiful home, being with my friends, going for beach walks and off in nature. And I was imagining all the lovely things I could do. And I started writing um, The Art of Creativity. That book was written when I was in hospital. And I was highly creative at that time. I, something had happened with my brain, which just allowed it to be really, really creative. And ideas would flow so much. So it was a wonderful thing. Um, so in hospital, I'd be hypnotized. I had my headphones on and the doctors would come in to take my blood or something, or blood pressure, and say, what are you doing? I'm like, shh, I'm being hypnotized. And they were rolling their eyes thinking, she's a lunatic. But sure <laughs> enough, you know, a few months later, uh, they were they said to me, right, we've had these three scans. The first one was terrible, you know, the second one, it had shrunk. And now we're on scan three. It's gone. And it looks like a miracle. Um, wow. And it was a miracle, but it was a miracle backed by some really good techniques that I've been using, which work. And people before would be easy to say, oh, you're cranky. You know, these things don't work. They do work. And I've, I've healed my body. Um, and I'm very proud of that. Has having gone through that experience changed your outlook on life? Totally, totally. I'm a totally different person. You know, I didn't want to leave my son. He, um, I'm a single mum. He he needed me to be hanging around. He, he, you know, he wasn't ready. He was too young to be left on his own. So um, I made a point of, of pushing through and making sure that I survived. And now I see the world completely differently. I'm much more compassionate, much more heart-based. Um, I, I lost all my fear. I don't really fear anything. I mean, I fear a few things, you know, sometimes we can't pay the bills or whatever it is. And I, I kind of, you know, have normal reactions to that. But um, in general, I just see the world as, as a much more um, 
kind and comp- uh, kind place, uh, what, a place that we can really choose to live um, a life, the kind of life that we should be living, which is not fear-based, it's uh, uh, um, joy-based. And I think if you, you know, if you have kids, they bring joy, oh, kids and dogs, they bring joy to your life so much that that helps really having a different perspective. But certainly since I thought I was going to lose my life and now I've got my life back, just terribly grateful, very, very appreciative to be here. So every day feels like a gift to me. And we should all do that, I guess, not have to wait for something awful to happen to make us realise that. No, absolutely. I mean, in a way, what happened to me was a blessing because it gives me an incredible storyline and it makes people sit up and go, oh my God, maybe what she's talking about really does work. So it relieves a lot of the scepticism around my work, which is, we are powerful magnets um, running our thoughts and our emotions uh, in a way that then corresponds to what shows up in life. You know, maybe that that's true. It's, it's, it's interesting that all the ancient civilizations and secret societies, that's exactly the information that they were sharing. And in modern day times, we seem to have forgotten these fundamentals about life and about the power of our own brains and consciousness. We are incredibly powerful and we create things every day with the way we imagine and think about things. It's very powerful. As parents, you know, we can get lost in our kids and and not have time to, to do this kind of mental stuff. But I would say to you, it's as important as brushing your teeth. Spend 10 minutes quietly in a chair, close your eyes and just imagine and think and and feel about the things that you wish to create and uh, do the work and and it will surprise you how how amazing life is after that. Is there more that you would like to create? I mean, you've done so many great things in your life, your amazing PR company that was the height Mm -hmm. of success, the books that you've written, the mentoring. Is there something that you're kind of, you're yearning to do in the future? Well, it is this really, it's sharing my story, talking to people, sharing what I know and helping people heal themselves. Um, I'm also working, I'm continuing to write books. I'm going to write a book about my journey called I Lost My Mind. Um, mm. And it's going to be about this journey, crazy journey that I had. And I'm also doing a new book now on um, tiny organics. It's organic uh, food for babies and toddlers, working with a team in New York. Um, and uh, Michelle Obama is is connected to the work, so I'm hoping she's going to give us a front cover quote for the new book. That'll be fun, making really delicious, healthy food for little babies and toddlers. So I, I'm very proud about that. Mm. So I, I'll continue writing and I'll continue doing my podcasts and I'm going to continue, yeah, sharing my work and, and getting that work out there to the world because we it's a world that needs some um softening and some help and some calm and people out there to help other people you know release the anxiety and fears that are going on and and be able to live much happier stronger calmer more creative and successful lives i think that's what it's all about if you could go back in time what what two things would you tell your 18 year old self if if you had that chance I would say life slow. I mean, I've, I've been in, on a fast track, living fa- in the fast lane for many years. Um, so I would set, tell my 19-year-old self to slow down and really appreciate each day, each moment, each person that comes into my life mm. and be the very best person I can be 
in that respect and not to worry about things. Worry does you no good. It actually does you harm. Uh, talking about bad things does you harm and other people harm. So don't do that. And so I would be, I would show up as a calmer, slower, kinder, more compassionate person. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's not something that we tend to do at that age, do we? But it's so no. important. Um, yeah. yeah, and you don't have to race through everything. What three things do you love to do each day? What kind of gives you your great routine or start to the day? You say about habits for other people. What are some of your habits? Uh, when I wake up, I have um, a lemon, fresh lemon in as a tea, which helps with the pH of the cells. Um, it's really powerful. And I then meditate. And I, I've already done a plan for the next day, probably. I've done a few notes of things I want to get done. Then I go for a walk um, just near where I live and get some fresh air and some nature. And then I'll go off and do some writing. And I will take also green juice and make, yeah, make a green juice or some healthy juice to 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 start nourishing myself. So I feel like if I've meditated and I've I've had some good food and I've taken a walk in nature, everything will be fine after that. <laughs> and what about at the end of the day? Is there anything you can't you do as a bit of a ritual to unwind? Yeah. I I give thanks for what's gone on that day and, and actually and do some journaling. I write down what, what's been going on. And uh, I meditate at the end of the day and I yeah, I have a little ritual. I put on a candle and just say thank you for what, all the good things that have happened. And it's amazing what we forget about, or what I forget about during the day that's actually happened. But actually, when you take a few moments to consider it, you think, wow, that's amazing all that happened in just in one day. So I like finishing, I like starting the day properly and I like finishing the day properly with some thanks and gratitude. That seems to me a really nice way to do it. And that gets you in a really good headspace then, doesn't it? And I enjoy, I enjoy sleeping and I enjoy saying goodnight to my son, you know, and just giving thanks for our kids is, is amazing. And, and the incredible things they get up to each day and how we kind of hold the space to them is, is wonderful. So I just feel very grateful for, to be able to still do that. What what are your kind of non-negotiables as a mom and, and a businesswoman? What kind of things do you do you say, you know, this is this is the way we do things? Well, um, I'm lucky because my son is food-wise, he's healthier than I am. You know, he he doesn't have he hasn't had any sugar or fizzy drinks or anything, he just doesn't like it, he doesn't want to go there. So I think food is very important, the healthy food. Um I, I try and eat organic and have colourful, healthy nutritious food because I know that is a, a, a fundamental of life um so that's not negotiable also um I won't get into any stressful situations arguments or disagreements I will just choose to walk away and leave it um I won't have that in my life if someone gets narky or uh starts picking an argument and stuff I I just don't I won't I won't partake of that I don't want any of that sort of energy in my life so I, I walk away I know that's not always easy because some people have partners who who are you know in the middle of that or in family situations and dynamics that are difficult but I I try to um, really curate my environment so that it's very peaceful and calm all the time and I won't be around people who are negative or saying bad things or gossiping about other people I just remove myself so that's really not negotiable 
Um, and I like some quiet time. That's really important to me. Um, so at work, yeah, I won't work with people I don't like. Um, I only work on stuff that I really like. Um, and I know I'm very fortunate with that. A lot of people are stuck with people they don't like in, in their in their work arena. And it's tricky. But that's one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur and a, a kind of independent working person. And I think more of us now are getting into that with with how work is changing. You know, we, we work very differently now. Um, so it gives us the chance to pick and choose a little bit more. So I think my advice would be, you know, really pick carefully what you do and who you, who you hang out with. Who you hang out with ultimately um, corresponds to, you know, what kind of levels of frequency and wellness you operate in. You know, if you're surrounded by people who are complaining and negative and are grumpy, you end up being that person because it somehow rubs off on you. So I like to be surrounded by people who are cheery. So what would be the one piece of advice that you would give to other mums, particularly working mums like yourself? Slow it down. Appreciate each day as it goes really fast. My son was 21 uh, and I can't believe it. It has seemed five minutes since I was holding him in my arms, <laughs> feeding him. So just love every day. Take every day as a special gift. Don't let it speed by. Really notice it, observe it and, and cherish it because it soon goes. And we're here for a very short time on this planet and it's important that we enjoy every moment really with our children because they grow so fast. So I think, yeah, just give love, be a good role model, show them by um, by your own behaviours how to behave in the world. You know, if we scream at kids going, you've got to do that, you know, they're just going to learn. That's the way to communicate. Uh, it's not good. So we have to be the role models that we want them to see and to understand. So it's not just telling them what to do, it's showing them by your own behaviours. I think that's really important. Absolutely. Well, it's been lovely to talk to you, Susie. Thank you so much for your time and and for all that you share with all of us through your words of wisdom in your books. I wish you well and health in the future. Wow, what an insight Susie has into the power of creativity and positive thinking. The way she's utilised it for her own health is remarkable and it's clear that there's something here that can benefit everyone. Feeling inspired to be creative? You can read Susie's full story on our Brummy Mummies Facebook page and on the Birmingham Live website. And you can find out more about Susie's books and all the other things she does via her website, www.susiepearl.com. Brummy Mummies is a laudable production brought to you by Brummy Mummies and Birmingham Live. You can download or stream the Brummy Mummies podcast on all major podcasting platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Be sure to follow our Brummy Mummies Facebook page for lots more family information and fun. And whilst there, sign up to our Brummy Mummies newsletter to make sure you never miss an episode. See you next time. <laughs>